to the Be Light Podcast, where we discuss letting go of the mess, being the light God calls us to be, and not only being the light, but actually feeling light as we release it all and experience the unsurpassing joy of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you leave feeling encouraged and a little lighter. Hey, Mom. How you doing over there? Doing good. How are you? Doing good. All right. So, last podcast we ended with reading 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18, where it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So today we're going to continue um, speaking about that verse and just how God has um, helped us through some really trying circumstances and given us that peace despite the chaos that was going on all around us. No kidding. So just to give you a little background, growing up, first of all, I'm an only child. So growing up, and so is my mom. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So growing up, I was very close to my parents. I didn't really want to have a lot of change going on. We didn't really have a lot of change going on. Um, <laughs> in fact, we lived in a mobile home park growing up, and when we wanted to move, we took our mobile home. <laughs> we took our house with us. We took our house with us, and we went to the next uh, trailer year, park. So, so we did that for the first nine years, and then we moved to a house probably five minutes away to a nice home. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, not a whole lot of change. Um, and then whenever it was time for me to go to college, I couldn't imagine going too far for my parents because change, it was just scary. So I went an hour away and felt during that time of my first year in college that it really wasn't where God wanted me to be. So through a lot of prayer, I decided to apply to a school that was a little further away at two hours, <laughs> and but I didn't know anyone. So I applied there and through that transition God really started growing me and showing me, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, I'm already there. So fast forward to getting married. Within a few years of us being married, we had our first little girl, um, and then we had our second little girl, and they were three years old and one, and my husband came home and he said, hey, Amber, what do you think about moving to Tennessee? And I said, I don't think anything about moving to Tennessee, (laughs) because my thing had always been... I will never move. Family's everything. Family's most important. I'm never leaving Texas. We are originally from Texas. My mom's still in Texas. So whenever he said that, I said, I don't think anything about it. But something started stirring in me. And my mom was actually there that night. Yeah. And let me give you a little background on that one, too, for me. I've been teaching, like I mentioned last time, the last five years of my teaching, I just started seeing a difference in the culture and more of an emotional unrest in me. And I started asking God, when does he want me to retire? Debbie, many times I'd be driving to work and saying, oh Lord, when when can I retire? And over and over he'd say, where are you now? I'm in the car. What are you doing? I'm talking to you. Okay, where are you going? Going to school. That means you're teaching today. That's right, I am teaching today. I want you to live in today, Lynn. Today is today. So he kept reinforcing the last five years of my teaching the importance of living in the moment. However, my parents live five hours away from us on a beautiful ranch, my uncle's ranch, and my husband and I discussed possibly moving here and retiring. And so I would think about that, pray about it. My husband and I prayed about it quite a bit and on and off throughout those last five years. 
And um, we just didn't want to leave Amber either. We didn't want to leave Amber and, and Adam and the girls and my husband, Mike, and I just, it was hard. It was really hard. We, um, it was just really tough. So we just kept praying about it and God continually reinforced for five years, live in the moment. And so I started finding that joy in God in the moment, like I said last time. Finding joy in my immediate circumstance instead of looking for something in the future. I can't live in the future and it's impossible to be happy there because I'm never there. And it's funny because whenever we did find that out about Adam coming home and asking me that that night, she happened to be at my house and normally... My mom would have been like, Holy cow, no No, way. Like, that's ridiculous. But God was stirring in her heart, too. And so, Mom, how did you feel about it whenever Adam came home? The moment he said that, this literal rush of excitement went straight through me. I thought, This is it. They're going to move to Tennessee. And we're supposed to move to my parents' place or on the ranch and where my uncle eventually just gave us some land and here we are. It was the answer. It was the answer to prayer. And I had a total joy. Yeah. And it was just, it was really a different just response. Like I remember just feeling fear, but also having this little momentary excitement. And now looking back now, that excitement came from God. Like, cause it certainly Amen. didn't come from me. I mean, no. my first reaction, like I said earlier, to change was fear. And it really just stayed in the fear uh, arena. It didn't really have much <laughs> excitement in it. So little time passes. Adam comes home. He's like, so what do you, you know, have you been praying about it? And I said, uh, kind of, you know. And, and so he said, well, let's just go there. They said they'd pay for us to go. Let's just go check it out. So we flew to Tennessee and checked it out. And during the whole time, I, I even got sick during the trip. And Adam was like, just forget it. We'll just take it off the table. This is making you physically sick. And I said, no, it needs to stay on the table because I feel like I'm so torn because I feel like we do need to be here. I didn't know why, but I just felt like we needed to be there. So anyway, so on our way back, we decided, hey, we have a week to make this decision for him to tell his boss. And so we prayed, God, if you want us to move to Tennessee, let us, you know, sell our house that we had been on the market for a while. Actually, we put it on the market a year before that even just to move to the town beside us. But we said, just let it, let it go up for sale. Let everything go well, open doors, closed doors. We want your will. So we got home the next day, Adam goes to work. I'm at home. He calls me. He said, Hey, we have a showing today. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, whatever we'd had showings. And so I got out of the house with the girls, got the dogs put away, get home after the showing. Adam calls like an hour later and he's like, hey, Amber, we got, um, we got an offer. Full asking price as is. The girl moving in, she's pregnant. She's nine months pregnant. She, they need to get in soon. This is it. This is our answer. And he was excited because, you know, that for him, that's an answer to prayer. And it was for me too. But my immediate reaction was not happiness. It was tears. Yeah. <laughs> I was sad. <laughs> Because God did answer that prayer, um, and that was great, but it was definitely brought on a lot of emotion. You know, a big part of that, too, it just, you know, it tells us to look forward. You know, Lot's wife was turned into salt because she looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah when it was burning down. And when I first read that, I thought, that sounds awfully extreme. God sounds kind of cruel. But over the years in prayer and getting to know my Lord a whole lot better, I can look at it now 
She then turned to salt because she was looking back to see a fire. She turned to salt because she was yearning for the past, did not trust God, did not want to move forward, wanted to stay stuck in the sinful behavior and in the rut that God wanted to get her out of and free her from. So she literally turned to salt. And I really believe a big part of the move was for Amber. Because like she told you before, being an only child and us being so close, and yes, we're still every bit as close, if not more so. But there was a dependency on us being geographically close. She depended on her dad and me to be there all the time. We're always there. We're always right when she needs us. And mentally, that's a great security. But God wanted to make him her security and not us. And God told me that. And God told Adam that too, which is really cool. And then we both told Amber that. So that was total confirmation for Amber. And Amber knew it in her spirit. And she also confirmed that. And boy, has she grown in leaps and bounds. And it's been really cool to see that God doesn't call us to be comfortable. Mm -mm. He calls us to step outside and to trust him. And you can see it so many times throughout scripture. One of the verses that I read during that time um, was in Genesis 12, 1, 1 through 2, or actually 12, 1 through 2, where the Lord says to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. And when I read this, I thought, wow, what faith. Abraham was stepping way outside of his comfort zone, traveling and leaving what he knew behind him. But he knew God's calling on his life, and he believed it. God also wanted to not only bless Abraham, but he wanted to use him to bless others. And in that moment, God reminded me that this move was not just about me and my feelings or what made me comfortable. He was calling me to trust him. He was calling me to believe in his plan above my own. And in Hebrews 12:1, Paul says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And goodness, in that moment of change, I hoped for good things and I rested in his promises for our family because I had a hard time seeing them. Seriously, though, whenever we were planning on going, I had just looked up some apartments on the internet and said, okay, that place looks good, I guess. And we packed up our, <laughs> we spent two weeks before we left with my parents because of our house, the change in between. And we packed our cars to the roof with our two dogs and our two kids. And we drove from Texas and I probably only cried the first, you know, 60 miles or so. <laughs> <laughs> and we just kept trucking along. And I remember continually thinking, kept pressing on toward the goal, kept looking forward. Don't look behind. And like my mom mentioned about Lot's wife, like God wants us to look forward and to trust him and have our eyes on him. Because whenever our eyes go different directions and we concentrate on our feelings or our emotions or our circumstance or whatever it is, what it is, we get really off track and we lose sight of God and what he wants mm -hmm. for our lives. And what's really distracting too is when you do experience change, even change you want, a huge distraction is over planning, over expecting, looking for something that you think it should look like. It's so easy to jump in ahead of God and start planning anticipating, guessing what's going to come and try to try to outguess God and foresee all the possible scenarios so we don't get into a glitch. 
That can drive us completely crazy. When Moses was told to free the Israelites and go back to Pharaoh and say, free my people, God told him some basics in the beginning, but he didn't tell him every detail that was going to happen in the next 40 years. He just said, you know what? Bottom line, you're on a need-to-know basis. And if we just live in that freedom, then we can really enjoy the journey. We can enjoy wherever God's taking us. And the only place you can actually live is where your feet are standing or where you're sitting right now while you're listening to this podcast. You can't live anywhere else. If you live for your plans, it's never going to be enough. And it's rarely going to turn out exactly like you expect. And failure and fear come with that. But when you live in the moment, just saying, thank you, Lord, one step at a time, you tell me what you want me to do today. That's what I'll do today. Thank you, God. And you can just enjoy the process. And I really feel like that's what Amber has learned, especially now that you know she's not in Tennessee anymore. She's in Ohio, so we had to go through this again. (laughs) And it's the same thing with us. Moving in the transition of where we live now as opposed to where we lived before, there were a lot, a lot of blocks, a lot of blockades, a lot of things completely out of our control. So real quick, whenever (laughs) whenever that... Whenever we moved to Tennessee, that's what was the clear answer for them. It yeah. opened up doors for them to actually make the move to where she was referring to earlier, where my grandparents lived, and to be here with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the thing is, my parents were older. They were living, uh, you know, just by themselves with my aunt and uncle just a half a mile away. But I knew they were going to get older. I was the only child. And I thought, you know, I just need to be closer to them so when the day does come, I'm there to take care of them. And my sweet husband, Mike, agreed to that. So wonderful. He had lived near his parents literally all his life. Not with his parents, near him, near them. (laughs) And so it was just a blessing all the way around here how he worked in both of our hearts. But there were so many blockades, so many just logistical things that kept getting in the way of being able to actually move near my parents. And then one day, Mike and I said, you know what, Lord? We've tried every angle. Like I told you, the planning. (laughs) We tried every angle. And we gave it up to him and we said, you know what? We're not trying anymore. We're going to settle in and live right where we're living until God opens the doors. He's opened the doors seemingly because Amber's gone, but not for us. So we just had it in our heads. We're going to live in this house for the rest of our lives. If that's where God wants us, it's all going to be good. It's all going to be great. And within a week or two, God flung the doors open and every blockade was completely removed. Everything fell into perfect place. And here we are. We are living near my dad. My mom passed away three years ago from cancer, but I got to spend two wonderful, healthy years with her. I got to be with her really on a daily basis. There was so much joy in it. She's a believer, so I know she's not gone. She's just not here. Mike and I are both taking care of of my dad and what a blessing God told us told me years ago that we need to move here but I just didn't know when when we let it go his plan fell into place not ours amen <laughs> it's just really <clears throat> awesome to see what God can do whenever you release your own desires and you want his more than your own it's a really cool thing and then you experience that joy it doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore the circumstances because you're serving him first exactly There's a verse in the Bible that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, once again, 
You can look at that very surfacy and say, oh, well, you know, I'll get everything I want. Mm -mm. When you delight yourself in the Lord, you start wanting the Lord for his sake, not yours. And that's when the desires of your heart are his. That's where your joy comes. It's really that's cool how it joy. aligns. All of a sudden mm -hmm. it aligns. It's there. That way. Yep. Because you're wanting what he's putting in your heart and you're doing those things and experiencing that joy that only he can give. I agree, Amber. Thank you so much for joining us at the Be Light Podcast. Each week at the end of the podcast, we will have a challenge for our listeners. Each week we will have a memory verse. And this week our memory verse is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, where it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So one way to help you memorize it is to write the verse on post-it notes and stick it everywhere that you go frequently, in your kitchen, in your car, in the hallway, wherever you will see it. And every time you see it, read it and then break it up. Sometimes I break up verses to where on maybe day one, I'll just think, okay, in this first particular, rejoice always. What does it mean to rejoice always? And I'll just really meditate on those two words and just think rejoice. What does that look like in my life? Am I doing it? How can I do it? And to always do it. What does God want me to see in this? And I'll ask God, I'll say, God, reveal to me what you want me to see in this verse and help me to apply it throughout my day. And then the next day I may move on to pray continually. What does that look like? How can I do that? Um, so that is one way to help you memorize verses. And so for this week, that's our verse. Um, in James 1.22, it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. So each week we will have a call to action. How can you take this verse and truly apply it in your life in a tangible way? So something I tried to do before I even roll out of the bed is I try to thank God for 10 different things. I think about, okay, God, thank you so much for this bed. Thank you so much for the sunshine coming through the windows right now. Thank you for the little voices that I hear down the hallway already, even though it's 6 a.m. Thank you for those voices of my little girls as they're waking up. Uh, and you just go through and you thank him for all these different things and it really changes your perspective. It really shifts the perspective off of yourself and how you don't want to get out of bed and how you have so many things to do and your mind's already racing to focusing on him and realizing that the day is about him and not about you. So that really helps. Another tangible thing when it comes to praying continually First of all, praying continually is just that everyday, um, all day conversation with God where you're pouring out your concerns or your praises or asking for discernment on issues moment to moment, minute to minute. I mean, there are things sometimes throughout my day that I'm like, God, what should I do in this? What should I do in this? Like, I don't know. I need direction. And just that continual conversation with him. Sometimes my girls will be like, Mom, who are you talking to? And um, I'm probably looking crazy, but I'm talking to God. We're having that conversation. So that's part of it too. Another idea is to keep a little journal um, in your purse or in your car and just jot down the different things throughout your day that you want to pray about that um, or different things you're thankful for. 
and you may be thinking, I'll just put it in my phone and maybe that works for you. But for me, whenever I start putting everything into my phone, it gets cluttered. It gets mixed into everything else that I have on my phone. And, and for me, I'm on my phone probably too often, just scrolling mindlessly. So it's nice to have something separate to where when you get in the bed at night, you can pull out that journal, you can see the different prayer requests that you've had and different praises um, that you wanna thank God for that night before you go to bed. It's just a really great way to start your day and a great way to end your day, um, just talking to God. Also, we have started a Be Light podcast Instagram. Each week we will have a question that we will ask our listeners and we would love, love, love to hear from you. We would love to hear your stories and to connect that way. So this week our question is, how has God worked in your heart and transformed your faith once you surrendered it all and stepped past your fears? We would love to hear from you. So check us out at the Be Light Podcast on Instagram. And we hope you have a great week and we will be talking to you next week. Bye. Have a good week and be light. light.